BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Oh, tonight we got them. Goldie, the Sulk, and JC. And it starts right now. Oh, welcome back to another episode of a typical disgusting display, a podcast for writers, by writers who hate writing. Today, we're going to be talking with uh, Arif Zahir. We're very excited for that talented voiceover artist, Arif Zahir, who does the voice of Cleveland Brown on Family Guy, and you're going to want to hear how that happened. It's a really cool story. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into all that, Goldie, we wanted to talk a little bit up top. You and I, I feel like, had kind of a simultaneous realization about the nature of acting this week. Ooh. And what brought that on was that we were, again, as we do probably maybe twice a year, uh, we were watching the Brian Ateen audition video. And so, Franz, uh, you probably know what that is in case you don't. Brian Ateen was this young wannabe actor in the early 80s who put together an audition video for the great uh, Mr. Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick. And it's we we have mocked this video for years watching it. <laughs> But I think, Goldie, you and I had kind of a, a similar experience now this time around. Tell tell the folks what we started to realize about Brian Mateen. <laughs> he might be a good actor. He might <laughs> yes. be an amazing actor. Because I'll tell you something. When he goes, <laughs> you want to know something? <laughs> Is that the most sort of trenchant statement? about the human condition ever recorded. Because I, I don't know about you guys, but I scared. First joke of the day. First joke of the day. When you say, what is the nature of your being? I would say, I scared. I scared. <laughs> I scared. And he, he captured that. And 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 we're kind of you know we're only being half sarcastic here because I don't think I am being at all sarcastic. <laughs> but here's the thing that that sort of brought me into it was I realized we had been making fun of this for as I said for years. But the thing is, we keep going back to watch it, and we keep mm. I, I enjoy that four minute video more than any video I can think of in the history <laughs> of of the internet. Like. I don't think there's a video that I enjoy watching more than Brian Atin's. And we know every line and every nuance, like people do their favorite movie. Exactly right. And so it became this thing of like, well, what is the true nature of entertainment, right? I mean, yes, 
maybe wow. this guy as like a Daniel Day Lewis uh, or a Lawrence Olivier doesn't doesn't hold up to that <laughs> standard. But in terms of entertaining his audience, I don't know that any actor has ever entertained <laughs> me more than Brian Atine has. Wow. Well, a couple things. First of all, if you're talking about Daniel Day Lewis and you're talking about say Lincoln, like. His performance was no better than every sixth grader who puts on a paper beard and goes, oh, school and seven years ago. That's like so that's, aggressive. that's what he did. It was <laughs> terrible and stupid. And I think what you said, we put it on and you said, this has me all turned around as to what good acting is. Because it's very interesting, right? Whereas yes. most things Ooh. are not interesting at all. Totally right. They're Holy boring, right. and they cannot yes. hold your attention. So a couple points I want to add. Number one is that purely by coincidence, my older daughter and I were home uh, without the other two members of the family this week. And so I said, hey, let's watch a movie. What do you want to watch? And she said The Outsiders because they had read it in English class, which wow. is how <laughs> Brian Atene, the video, is – a cutting loosely based on S.E. Hinton's The House Outsiders. Now, what is a cutting? I don't know. I've never heard. I've been in show business over 25 years. Never heard anyone in any other context bring up that they were about to perform a cutting. So I don't know what that is. Loose or otherwise. Yeah. So I, I, what's a tight cutting? Right. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. This is a cutting. I don't know what that is. And this is a loose one. Okay. I'm totally at sea. I don't know what's happening. So... We're watching The Outsiders, and it's not interesting. And it's Francis Ford Coppola, so you go, this is the same guy who did The the Godfather. And this is, like, a pretty boring movie. And the acting is, yeah. like, Ralph Macchio going like that. I never noticed the colors of the sky. Like, it could have used. Certainly, someone go, you want to know something, pony? I never noticed the colors of the particular shade of blue until I met you. Like, I, that would have held my attention oh my and I would have yeah. made this thing more lastingly impactful than certainly what I watched the other yes. night. Yeah, yeah. That's my first point. What's second? My second point. Has either of you seen this movie May, December that everyone's talking about? No, I don't I watched plan the on first it. half hour and I fell asleep. Oh. Okay, so I don't know why I... I know about this, but every I know it got into my consciousness like, you have to watch May-December. Okay. And right. so May-December is the Mary Kay Letourneau, Billy Falau story, but they've done this horrible thing, which is if you just said, okay, that's the movie, is what life winds up like for these two people. I'm fascinated. Right. But for some reason, they've interjected this element of, no, it's about an actress learning to portray them. And you just go, what? Like, what? Like, yeah. what? It, and it's the same thing like when stand-ups do stand-up about stand-up. Like, right. Or like when musicians write about songs about being on the road. Or like right, you start right. tweeting about what's wrong with Twitter. And it's like, dude, you're in a barrel here. Like, this is yeah. not – most people are, are having zero fascination as to how you would portray – Right. Mary Kay Letourneau. Like, you just go, right. just show me you portraying Mary Kay Letourneau <laughs> and Billy Falau interested. But right. you interject this outside element of, like, and then this actress comes in and she's she's doing Brian Atene. I know. <laughs> like, she's – and everyone's going, this is great. Natalie Portman's great. It's like, 
Like the last scene, she's she's fucking like as histrionic as Brian a teen. At right. least. Yes. But for no reason, like you're going <laughs> and everyone's and it, it's as though someone made a movie and they were like, I want you to be able to take any moment out of this movie and show it as a highlight at the Oscars for how hard they're acting. Oh God. <laughs> like, yes. it's, like it's just like they're acting. They're really <laughs> Acting. It's Ed for Harris you, syndrome. And they're going through yeah. emotions <laughs> of every kind, of every kind and shape. And some of the emotions are very small, very really <laughs> tiny emotions. And some of them are so agonizing you wouldn't understand. And others, they reach a breaking point of emotion. And they're just gentle past the break. And you go, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) And I'd rather watch Brian Atene, who's just doing it, (laughs) than this mess of nothing that you're telling me is genius. And so if that's genius, indeed, and that is Oscar-worthy, Brian Atene is, by the transitive property of equality, a genius. I debate, love that. That's so well said. Here. Yeah, exactly. San- no Santucci needed on that debate. <laughs> wow. Stand up solo A, no prep or whatever the hell that's yes. called. Yes, and um, the acting was. And and we we don't even have time to get into Tommy Wiseau, who deserves right. our, our attention. So Tommy Tommy Wiseau briefly was the main actor in that movie called The Room, mm-hmm. uh, that they used to show at the Lemley Theater every Saturday night at midnight. Presumably for people to come in and make fun of it, because there is something very low budget about it. The acting, by my old way of thinking, was very bad. But (laughs) now you think about the line, you're tearing me apart. It's up there with, uh, frankly, Scarlet. I, you know, I don't give a damn. It's like up there. Yeah. With, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. It's one of the great lines <laughs> in Hollywood history. <laughs> so I always think back to that movie, and maybe people have seen it, maybe they haven't. And if if you haven't, it used to be available on DVD, and it's got to be streaming somewhere. But yeah, <laughs> one of my <laughs> so like an hour into the movie, they're at a party. There's a party scene. And there's a guy at the party who has not been in the movie up to this point. Okay. And he goes up to the other characters and he goes, I feel like I'm sitting on a nuclear bomb. <laughs> like he has a secret. And then everyone in the crowd starts going, who are you? Because they haven't seen. Uh. And it's like the most fascinating and enjoyable three minutes of cinema. Like, there's just yeah. a character. You don't know who they are. And and you're supposed to be going like, oh, my God, this character is having a really hard time. They're really going through it right <laughs> now. But, you go, but I don't know who they are. And, yeah. and they're not in the rest of the movie. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, again, again, by our new yes. way of reckoning, these all might be standout moments in cinema history. So Yeah, it's, it's definitely more enjoyable than, you know, you're told – you have to think Whiplash is great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, right. uh, okay, I mean, I I guess. I mean, it was decent. It was kind of hard to watch. <laughs> yeah. I don't want that to be my music teacher. Yeah. Right. Does it yeah. make sense as to why people are attracted to reality TV now? Because I... It could be. It could be. 
It could be that reality TV holds the germ of the same kind of entertainment that Brian Atine and Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> it gives provide. like a little peek into the process, which I think people like. Right. Yeah. Oh. People like to oh. feel like they're seeing how it's made to some extent. But I, I'm with you. Like I am like, because I'm starting to go through now all the Oscar contending movies and mm. yeah, give me mm. Brian Atine any day. Any day. <laughs> Put I, now Brian Atine is Leonard Bernstein. I'm watching that. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm watching that and I'm enjoying it. I'm half gay. You wanna know something? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like that's I'm already scared. Oh, yeah, yeah because, you know, like one of the things having gone at two years of acting schools, you know, they'll they'll tell you like acting isn't yelling, but acting kind of is yelling. <laughs> right. <laughs> like oh, you're not, that's not really accurate. Like, <laughs> I mean, like great acting, which you're not even aware you're watching and, you know, takes place in theaters that most people don't see is listening sure yeah <laughs> sure. great movie and tv acting that i'm gonna remember it's yelling yeah yeah give me a yell <laughs> i love yell. it well clearly we've we've come around the bend on on our way of thinking about acting in total but we would love to hear from you friends email us at uh, a typical disgusting display at gmail.com if you have any particular acting performances that you may have thought once were bad but now you might see they're great. We would love mm. to hear about them. Yeah, we could do an episode on that. We could just render a verdict. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> great or terrible. Um, which is a verdict we render every week on this next portion of the show that we like to call Johnny Jokes. Whoa! From Hollywood and Aspen, Colorado, the Mile High Millionaires Club. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you son of a bitch, you outed me. And, and I will say uh, uh, snowmass. We don't like to say Aspen. Snowmass. Oh, that's that's snow the way that we get hole? out of yeah, uh, yeah, snowmass snow hole. JC yeah. beat me to it. Yep. You got there. Second joke of the day. Second joke of the day. All right. Into Johnny. Uh, well, maybe you heard about this. A Turkish lawmaker who claimed Jews will, quote, feel the wrath of Allah Whoa. died of a massive heart attack. After a big dinner, boy, I guess he felt the wrath of a la carte. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a la carte. Uh, another quick jab on my way in here. A 13-year-old has been arrested for planning to shoot up an Ohio synagogue. Yeah. Ooh. Boy, anything to get out of a bar mitzvah. Oh. He's 13. <laughs> the he premises 13. are taking a very dark turn. Yes, we're, we're getting out of that. Here's yeah, a little. The setups a, are bleak. A little more wacky <laughs> of a setup street. here for the third one. Uh, Japan. Japan is currently testing a rocket engine that works on cow dung. This is true. Uh, Japanese officials hope that the new engine will finally help them get to the moon. <laughs> cow dung. Yeah, the moon. that's like you know, eight-year-old stand-up Bert. <laughs> yes, Dunphy has a joke for us. <laughs> and by the way, are those the greatest jokes ever? It's we'll fine. Yeah. No, there's stand- nothing we'll reanalyze stand-up. Nothing. Wrong. Okay. <laughs> and final, I, I don't often foray into this territory, but I want to close with a norm. Oh wow! A norm. Uh, a rift in the Catholic Church has pitted the progressive Pope Francis 
against more old-school Catholic leaders in America regarding issues such as LGBTQ inclusion, divorce, and climate change. Uh, not up for debate, however, boys' buttholes. <laughs> Second, Johnny, take it All away. All right. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> a jury ordered Rudy Giuliani to pay $140 million to two Georgia poll workers he defamed. I'm broken, can't pay a dime, Giuliani announced in front of two seasons partial landscaping. <laughs> two seasons. <laughs> this is a me. Oh, I really do. This, this is just I love a it. joke for me by me. Fumbum. Fumbum. A couple in Los Angeles recently celebrated their 82nd anniversary. Mm. They say the secret to a happy marriage is dying at 34. <laughs> <laughs> that is a you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, <clears throat> Quaker Oats. Quaker Oats has recalled its granola bars due to a risk of salmonella. Uh, the move predominantly affects kids whose moms don't love them that much. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, the New York Jets, and boy, have we made hay with them on this show. Oh, we sure have. New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson was knocked out of the game after an enormous hit to the head on Sunday. Yeah, they asked if he wanted to go back in and play for the Jets. He said yes, and so they realized he had a massive concussion. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, an escort who services Wall Street executives claims to be making over $35,000 a week. Uh, well, I'd tell her not to blow it all at once, but that's how she's making the money. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, what a closer. <laughs> great closer. Great stuff. That's great. Oh, friends, we are excited today. Not only do we have a very talented guest with us, yes. someone with <laughs> whom we work, but also I believe this is the youngest guest we've ever had on the show. I don't know. Not yet 30, which is almost very very annoying but he's not yet I'm 30. practically 30. All right, let's bring him on. Jordan, Incredibly Hillman. talented voiceover artist who is now famously the voice of Cleveland Brown on Family Guy. He has 7 million over 7 million subscribers on his YouTube channel, which is yeah. insane. Yeah. Uh he's hilarious on there. He does a ton of voice impressions. He's released several albums. This guy is a hyphenate who does it all. Please welcome Arif Zahir. Arif, Yay, welcome. Welcome. Hey, everyone. How you doing? Uh, <laughs> right out of the oh, gate. Had to, had to. He I knows where he's, where he's making his money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. That, that reminds me, you doing that voice. Before I forget, can you give us a clean that's nasty that we can use at whatever time we oh, want? Yeah. Go ahead. Sure. Give, give, sure. give us a clean. That's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. All right, well, thank can... you for that intro. That was so nice. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Of course. Thank you for being here with us. Now, we were 
we were talking a little bit before we got started. Now we have a list of 200 birthdays. We just need to blow through them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday. I have my coffee. Yeah, yeah. Devin, happy birthday. <laughs> Judith, happy birthday. <laughs> and just a little personal detail in each. <laughs> we just got to put you to work here for a little bit. <laughs> so we were talking a little bit before we started that you were uh, born and grew up in the Oakland area, or Berkeley. as Goldie calls yeah. it, the... The Bay Area. <laughs> the Bay Area. Okay. Goldie sometimes has a bad case of... Bay Area. <laughs> okay, okay. Which always makes me laugh. That's two of us. <laughs> so when you're growing up in that area, were you doing voices? Were you watching cartoons and that kind of stuff growing up? Yeah. So when I'm growing up as a kid at first from like the age of one or zero to uh, <laughs> nine. So Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, the typical Ren and Stimpy, Ed and Eddie and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until, you know, probably get back to it, but I moved to New Bedford when I was like nine and that's the first time I was in school, in this little private school um, for all boys. And this one kid was just singing Family Guy quotes. I had no idea what it even was at the time. He was just drawing Peter Griffin and Stewie and everything. And everyone talked about it. I thought I was just missing out. on. I was like, what is the show? Um, we'll probably get to that. But yeah, that's the first time I heard of Family Guy when I was nine years old in New wow. Bedford. Well, can I just ask? Cool. <laughs> so you moved from where you said you were in Oakland? Yeah, Berkeley, Berkeley so like Oakland, New yeah. Bedford mm -hmm. is like a like a whaling community and <laughs> yeah. whaling ended you know a hundred years ago it's, yeah what More. i mean were you just like what the fuck is happening oh 100 100 man like so my mom is from there she had to get oh, the hell okay. out of there when she was uh you know in her 20s um she moved to la um in like the 70s and then to the bay in like the 80s right so i'm growing up she just wanted to go back home all her family's on that side um and i'm being ripped away from you know what this is like yeah, fifth, fourth grade. Yeah. And I remember all my friends in fourth, the teacher had all my friends write a letter to me going, Arif, we're always going to miss you. And that made it, I was just crying yeah, so course. bad. Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even know what the hell New Bedford was. I go there. Oh my God. The first like six months, I hated it. Everyone's like having the accent. And yeah. I was like, I don't want the East Coast accent. <laughs> you know, just coming from like the, you know, California. I just yeah. did not want an East Coast accent. And by the third year, I was slowly getting it. And I was like, no. Um, <laughs> but when we came back, I was really, really thankful to be back with my friends and stuff. I made some friends out there, too. But I, uh, I bet. And Goldie hit it right on the head. I mean, and we, we talked about this, too, a little before we started. But for a period of time. New Bedford was oddly the most important city in the world. Yeah. <laughs> because in the early 1800s, obviously, they had the whaling industry. It was the center of the whaling industry. And that's how we powered every lamp everywhere mm -hmm. was with whale oil. So it was like <laughs> this strange hub. But that ended. It was the Saudi Arabia of whale oil. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh we cornered God. that market. But yeah. I, I, I'm so interested in... in um, the contrast between the the Bay Area mm -hmm. and and New Bedford, which is another Bay Area, yeah. but it's oh. very it's very different. It's very cold, very mm -hmm. white. Yes, yes. So, did you notice these things? Were you uh, one of the only people of color in your school? Actually, there was a bunch. Um, so I'm Cape Verdean, and that's like a very there's not that many Cape Verdeans out here. That's a Cape Verde Islands is like an island off the west coast of Africa, and there's a big um, I guess a lot of them immigrated to the East Coast. There's a lot in like Florida, uh, Massachusetts overall, but New Bedford was like the hub of oh, Cape wow. culture. So that's wow. one thing that's really cool. The food, the people. Um, actually, so in school, there was, I guess, mostly mixed. There were mostly white kids, but there was a lot of Cape kids, Dominican, 
Um, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I never would have known that. Uh, that's I mean, what a coin flip to lose out on if you're coming from Africa and you're like, hmm, Florida or New Bedford? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know like... what. It's the whaling. Maybe it was the whaling. That, that yeah, right. them up. <laughs> um, and speaking of the whaling, there's a whaling museum there. And if you go till this day, like their claim to fame is like the blue whale, it's still dripping oil. And if you walk in, it's like they have somebody mopping the oil till this day. And it's been there for like 100 years. Uh, That's yeah. absolutely disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> What a horrible entree. I know one of our other guests from a while ago, Maggie Mall, talented yeah. writer on on Family Guy, took took a side quest to go visit that whaling museum in New oh, Bedford really? when she was wow. out with us. So she could uh, probably speak to that disgusting puddle of oil. <laughs> so so you you moved back. And, and did you move back to kind of exactly where you had come from or was it a little different? Um, moved back to like East Oakland where my with my sister for a while. Yeah. Um, at the time before it's, it started getting gentrified around that time, but it was still pretty like the stop sign had bullet holes in it, um, yeah. right in front of the house. Uh, <laughs> oh, but Hey, it, it was nice. And then after about a year I moved to, uh, yeah, like Richmond area. I don't know if you know where that is. Mm-hmm. And oh, then I I did, yeah. 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 I haven't been, I haven't lived in Berkeley since I was a kid, but I went to Berkeley high and Berkeley city college for a while. Oh, wow. So I was always there. All right. And so now because you're so young, when you're in high school, this is kind of around the time that that youtube comes into existence is that right it was and, there but it wasn't like the the cultural no. zeitgeist that it is now you know no but when did you uh make your first sort of foray into the youtube world so i would had a youtube channel since 2006 i was doing magic tricks and re-uploading um like japanese commercials getting millions of views off that no oh money but Right, back then. Were these tricks like store-bought tricks, like linking rings and the foam balls, or were you putting a spin on them? Actually, at the time, this was like when the like Chris Angel and David Blaine were like really popping, right? So there's a website called Illusionist, um, and you can get some... Street magic was the cool, you know, thing. So it's like taking the quarter and turning it into fire and stuff like that. So when I can save up the money, there was like this one cool trick. You can like have a necklace like this, you know, force a card onto someone and like put it onto the necklace and it looks like a stick stuff like that. Really cool. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was like my thing for a while. And then that just didn't, you know, that faded. You were what? 12? How old were you? Yeah. I did magic from 12 through, I would say like 17, 17 years old. <laughs> did you do Amazing. cards and coins and stuff? Yeah. I know mm-hmm. something about this. So I, yeah. Like, cards, coins. Oh, I, cool. I, could, I, could I had a year or two where I was obsessed with it. So, it, oh yeah. It was I like could reading tar bells and that <laughs> yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was a moment when I was in middle school, like, so when I first moved back to the Bay Area, this was uh, eighth grade, and I was really into my uh, whole magic vibe here. And I, at, at one point, I had the, during lunch, um, I had this little friend of mine named Juan. He was like, hey, man, show everybody. He was like my little hype man. I was like, no, no, <laughs> do it. And I was working on this one trick that uh, either David Blaine or Chris Angel did, where you could pick someone's card and then cough it out. And I was ready to do it. At this point, I had the entire school around me, the teachers, the coaches, oh, everything like this. Oh and I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is my David Blaine, Chris Angel moment. Like, if there was a camera there, it would look like the, the show. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God. So I did it. I was like, is this your card, right? The whole point is to force the card onto them. And they're like, that's not my card. And everyone's like, starts to walk away. And I go, wait a minute. And I pulled it off. I pulled off. What you do is you, I don't wait, I can't tell you actually. Anyway, I pulled it off. <laughs> You're just shitting cards. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah exactly. <laughs> I start to go, <clears throat> and everyone's like, what, what? And the whole trick is you, you cough out the card that's signed from them and everything, and I unfold it. 
it, everyone erupted and like, wow. like oh wow. my god even the teachers that hated me were like all right that was pretty cool and get back to class <laughs> that was the peak of my you know uh like magic world yeah. i did it a little bit in high school but yeah that's amazing i mean I that's like that's basically like an in-game dunk yeah. Oh, like, you know that's that's incredibly cool and i heard you slip something in at the beginning of that because I know David Blaine, and I'm sure a few of these magicians were famous for for this levitation trick. Yeah, that yeah. they could do is is that something that you you actually did learn? Yeah, and now there's like a simple like footwork right. levitation. Yeah. You stand at a certain angle, and it looks like you're actually floating, right? Not like the 20 feet off the ground thing. Right. But so after another fun fact, after I had done that trick for about I was the you know nerd loser in school, but for about two weeks. The girls would walk by in the class and go, hey, uh, hey, magic boy. Like that. I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. And uh, I'll never forget, man. Like it was one time in like the gym and like these girls that I had always kind of thought were cute. They came up to me and they're like, hey, magic boy, do a trick. And I was like, all right, sure. And I I, I was like, all right, if I get the angle right. And I levitated and they both went, oh, my God, oh, my God, he can float. And then I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the extent of that, but yeah. Wow, this yeah. magic has brought you so much joy. Yeah. Well, I thought... I mean, there's a great, of course, the joke about now, watch me make my penis disappear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have an assistant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Goldie had a long-term plan for magic. It's my Vegas after dark act. <laughs> well, I thought there, there's there's nothing better for a podcast that is primarily Audio. auditory. Let's levitate on a podcast i think nothing would be better <laughs> no, and by the video. by the way by the way you don't actually have to do it let's all just react like right, here we go here we go ready three, ready three, three, yeah holy shit Magical. i mean i could see the angle but yeah he was even though we were all joking around um all right so magic kind of carries you through this era of your life which i think is cool yeah. and that that's your first foray into youtube so mm -hmm. when did the, when did the gaming element of it come in for you because that's something that really blew up for you was was yeah. you know being uh, uh playing games and doing right. fun voices that people really enjoyed i wasn't recording on youtube yet but uh so you know uh modern warfare 3 the original right this yes. is like oh. 2010 yes cleveland show warfare, obviously yeah. was like huge at the time and I just fell in love with the character of Cleveland. Like, I just, uh, you know, I'd always impersonated, like, family guy character. Like, everyone did my, at my age. Um, right. In high school, there was moments where I would, like, just, like, when the teacher would leave, they'd be like, all right, do, do, the, do the Peter Griffin voice, do the do joke. I was, like, 13, so I could do I could do Patrick Warburton's, like, impression at the time. Because my wow. voice was this deep when I was 13. Wow. So I would be like, you know. <laughs> so, uh, fun fact, Joe was my first, like, family guy impression. My friend did Quagmire. Wow. We did Herbert and stuff like that. This is left and right. <laughs> Uh, um, and then when the Cleveland show came out, that's when I was like, oh, everyone just loved Cleveland at the time. And I was like, I want to practice that. I want to get good at that. And I was in summer school one time. And I just, one time I was like, uh, it was a horrible impression. I was like, hey, Miss Tramlett. And she was like, that's really good. That sounds just like the, the black guy from Family Guy. And I was like, wow, I got to work on this. <laughs> so I remember playing the game and, uh, you know, uh, as an actor, I was like, I want to just, I always just did fun little voices in real life. So let me just do it in the video game. And I started to really practice Cleveland. This is no no recording or anything. I would just play Modern Warfare 3. And I would make the lobby start laughing, like, because no one did it at the time, right? No one, kids actually probably thought it was actually Cleveland Brown, like, for some reason, playing Call of Duty. The impression right. sucked at the time. But I, you know, I had enough reactions where people were like, wow, this is good. And over the years, people were like, um, next two years or so, you should make that into a channel. 
a YouTube channel. And I was like, that's not going to work because my original plan was to do like skits, right? Like uh, Smosh or I don't know if you guys know, like uh, these like big skit guys on YouTube originally. Um, And I was like, you know what? I'll take a crack at it. So my first like I recorded myself on Facebook playing Modern Warfare 3. Um, I'll probably send that video to you guys. Uh, just yeah. for uh, there's no gameplay, but you can hear the people in the game. Yeah, and that yeah. was like my first my first time trying uh, voice trolling. It's, it's really interesting because first of all, it's an it it winds up in retrospect being a genius way to get your ten thousand hours right. It's like free mm-hmm. stage yes. time. You're just yes. Yes. honing, exactly. honing, honing, honing with an audience. 100%. Yes, smart. I wish that stuff had been around to even think about when we were doing right. comedy. That's but a good point. I do wonder, because I remember, you know, and I'm sure what you were doing is similar to Twitch, right? Like, mm. there's gameplay, and then you're yeah. with... So, this is a generational thing that I'd love to hear your take on. Is because when I heard about Twitch, I remember being in a writer's room. A writer said, my kid goes on this thing, Twitch, and he watches other people play Call of Duty. And I said, this is the stupidest thing I've ever yeah. heard of. Like, why wouldn't you yourself... Just, just do it. play yeah. Call of Duty. Why would you want to watch anyone play Call of Duty? And this is a generational gap where Gen X would right. go, just play the game. And I think the younger generation. So can you explain to me the appeal of yeah. watching someone else play a video game? Definitely. So initially, I thought it was stupid as well when it first came me out. Too. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, a good YouTube friend of mine explained that these kids grow up and some of them don't have the friends that they would want or have. And a lot of these gamers, it's their personality. It's uh, they'll talk to the screen. They'll talk to them like they're their friends, right? They respond, and it yeah. makes them have that sense of like social connection, and they feel like PewDiePie or Markiplier or whatever that they're talking to them. That's their friend, and they they like to watch them every day. Come home, turn it on. It feels like oh, my friend's playing the game, and they'll probably play along with them, and that's where and they can chat with them, and they'll be like, oh, thanks, uh, you know, little guy one hundred four, whatever his name is. Um, right. And it makes them feel like, oh, my God, oh, my God, yeah. my best friend's talking to me. And that's what it that that that's makes cool. sense, because I spent a lot of time in uh, Brian Santucci's basement, you know, playing <laughs> Nintendo with him and like two or three other kids. And then um, but I will, I will say this is I don't know why Santucci, I'm bringing this up. Santucci, isn't that the guy you did the debate with? Santucci. Santucci and Goldblatt. Yeah. One of the more memorable moments of my high school was <laughs> we're playing tech mobile and he had this golden retriever targa and targa just jumped on me and started fucking me like <laughs> crazy like targa oh, no. was just fucking going at it on oh, my no. and targa was like a big dog and i was like a you know one of those kids who was like 411 and yeah. you know like 90 pounds until i was 16 and like no one helped me and it was just like 30 Dramatic. straight minutes of this dog fucking me as my friends were dying and playing oh Tech Mobile, and I'm screaming and begging them, like, don't get Targa off me. Oh, anyway, no. so maybe that's their version of that. Oh, right. no. <laughs> Gaming isn't a traumatic experience now, is no, it? But, I mean, that? No, but looking back, it was hilarious. I mean, it was hilarious, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it now. Like, I do, thank you, because I do get that, like, that was my formative experience, that I wasn't, I did it in isolation sometimes, but right, it right. was that you had your two or three friends there is mm-hmm. some sort of satisfaction, though, just watching very good players play, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. when you want to be better and you sort of like see their strategies and their techniques and stuff and sort of living vicariously through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So were you recording yourself then at that time and posting it or you're just like doing it to Yeah, I was reps? doing it. Yeah. And it wasn't until like 20, 
like I made my channel in 2012, but it wasn't until 2013 um, that I started to upload. And did it just blow up right away or was it like a slow no. burn? Yeah, definitely a slow burn. I tried a couple things on my channel at first, actually, um, that didn't really do well until that's when I landed on the playing, you know, Cleveland's voice. I did that for a couple of years, just impersonating Cleveland on Call of Duty um, for like, yeah, for like a year straight. Wow. And were you making wow. money doing that or were you just doing it for Yeah, money? I wasn't really making money until at the time, you know, you need to have a certain amount of subscribers. It's like the same way now. Um, but then you get pardoned with YouTube, you get Google AdSense, you get like uh, an MCN, so a multi-channel network that allows you to monetize your videos. But even then I was making like 11 bucks one month here, $72 here. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 2015 is when it really like took off. Awesome. To what do you attribute that in 2015? Was there a particular video or was it yeah. just like, yeah, yeah. okay. So just being a fan of everything, you know, McFarlane, I was just in love with Ted. And oh, that's so I did Cleveland for a long time, right? Yeah. Um, but I was scared to step out of that box for a while. People were like, oh, my God, you do amazing impressions. And I was like, I just do. I would do Cleveland and Junior. Right. And then I did my mob boss character, which is based off the parody of Joe Pesci, right? Um, yeah. That that had a lot of following. Then I did Obama. That did really well. And then I was like, what do I do next? And I remember I had practiced. I did like a little Ted voice in one of my Cleveland videos that people were like, that's really good. You should work on it. And one day um, I'm in my little receptionist job. I watched Ted. And I'm like, I'm practicing throughout the film, just trying to voice my Seth, voice my Seth. And I was like, right. let me try Ted on Call of Duty because he's such a raunchy. At the time, YouTube had no restrictions with what you could say. And I'm like, this is like perfect. Like Call of Duty kids, it's the best voice for comebacks when someone says, you know, you know, yes. you know they talk about your mom when it, and tapping into the character of Ted. The Boston accent. People would just die every time, right? So it was a video I did after Ted 2 came out. Um, I capitalized off that and I was like, let me try Ted plays Call of Duty. Until this day, that's my biggest video. And it just blew up. Wow. Um, so and good. with that, I was able to go to college. I was able to uh, move to LA oh. all on my own. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. It has like 20 million views. Were you doing stand up or anything or even trying or you were just doing yourself on YouTube in video game lobbies? Yeah, like just YouTube. That's amazing. It was like a virtual stand-up in a way, you know, because yeah. obviously I'm not going to put in the bombing moments where people wouldn't laugh or they would just call me right. out or say racist stuff. And like, you know, so I'm going to have like probably you can attest, JC, like yeah. five hours of nothing. And then I cut together all the best moments. And then that's what it, seemed, it makes it seem effortless, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's JC's so cool. familiar that... with five hours of nothing. Yeah. 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 And cobbling, cobbling together <laughs> into something. Yeah. Um, but so you bring up something interesting there that I'd, I'd like to ask you about. So it, it does feel like the gaming world and then combined with YouTube, like there, there is just like a disturbing amount of racism, oh, yeah. um, in, in these lobbies. It's like, people just feel free to, because I think, cause they're sort of by themselves and yeah. there's no real danger to be like the tough guy, the racist. Yeah. How how do you deal with that? I mean, you must have had to, you've probably heard a thousand or more, you know, 100%. racial epithets tossed at you. Like, how do you yeah. deal with that? Oh, 100%. At the beginning, obviously, you have thin, thinner skin and, you know, you take every single N-word or, uh, you know, homophobic slur or whatever as like a, you know, you fight back and that's what they want. It's trolls, right? right. And they're going to go outside yeah. and they have 100 black friends and they're not going to, it's just that little edginess, like you're saying, right? And over the years, I'm like, oh, just don't feed it. And if you just fight back with comedy or just like not let them get it, um, it they just, you know, they die in the water. And I, I when they say, when I'm, when I'm playing Call of Duty and someone says that, I just, you know, I, I either respond in a character's voice 
or one thing I've been saying is I said, you probably don't wash your ass. And people they get they get stuck <laughs> like, what? What wait, what dude? <laughs> everyone in the love. No, all the time I'm like, they're like, yo, N-word. I'm like, do you wash your ass? And he's like, you dude, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah. What? And then the people in the people in the lobby start laughing because it's just they throw them off the rocker, right? Uh, Little great. things like that. Like that's uh, a good one. Yeah, just, just yeah. don't feed the troll, just come back, you know, come back yeah. with like a, a funny joke or something. I wish I could do that. That's such a simple comeback, and it's perfect yeah. because yeah. it's like that's the level of intelligence, probably, that just it, it just wipes <laughs> out like a yes. whole sort of dumb guy yeah. when they're challenged yeah. about washing their ass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you bring up like you've had to plow through you know, for instance, the N-word or homophobic yeah. kind of epithets. Did, mm -hmm. At the beginning, you said you were more thin-skinned about it. Did that yeah. just take your breath away? Or does, was yeah. it something that you had already seen on there and you're like, okay, here it is for me now? Oh, Call of Duty, the early days. It's still bad now. But I think yeah. that's where it really spawned and really, no pun intended, but it really <laughs> blew up from there. You know, uh, a lot yeah. of people, yeah, they, they just like, it, it, since... This is when YouTube content creation for Call of Duty was blowing up in the Modern Warfare 2 days, 2009, I think. And since so many people would make compilations of it on YouTube saying, oh, my God, these racist people, more kids would start learning. Oh, I can. I'm, I'm going to say it, too. And it started oh, becoming wow. like this own Backfire. little thing of its own, you know? Um, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they say some messed up things in there. Yeah. It yeah. feels like it's the sad sort of canary in the coal mine for the Trump administration. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, this shit has been breeding Mm -hmm. online and like really uh you know unchecked for years right. and i think people are emboldened to kind of do this bullshit but i'm glad that you found mm -hmm. a way to kind of a have thicker skin and b like brush these idiots off when you're on well there. you kind of combat <laughs> it with what you do i feel like yeah. like it's almost oh, like yeah. you're changing the culture little by little mm -hmm. it's like the yeah. people are so excited when they see you in the lobby when they figure right, out it's right. you they're like oh my god oh, yeah. and then they it just gets, it's just different. There's been moments where I've had people, whatever, you know, now a lot of people know me on my gamer tag and somebody will come with the, you know, stuff that we're saying, like the N word or yeah. this and that. And then um, they'll be like, yo, you know, you suck. I bet you don't have any subscribers. I don't care. I really, it's just funny to me. I, I like to yeah. pretend like, yeah, I only have 10 subscribers. Like, um, <laughs> and then I'll have a fan go, oh my God, oh my God, I just got, and the guy's like, who the hell is this guy? And it's just like, um, oh, it's just kind of poetic. Like, yeah, just shut up. Um, yes. Not That's great. that I'm like, yeah, it's just like, it's cool. And to even the the notion of just like online Call of Duty bullies, I was telling JC this um, the other day when I was recording that earlier on when I was doing my Cleveland voice and just really practicing. This one guy, he was in a party and I was doing it, making some people laugh. And he just goes, yo, man, I was like 19. Um, he was like, yo, man, that's the worst Cleveland Brown impression I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, oh, shut up. And he was like, no, dude, honestly, you should kill yourself. This is horrible. This is the worst voice I've ever heard. Don't even try anymore. You're never so going to get anywhere in life. And at the time, I was like, and then his okay. friends were like, yo, Connor, dude, calm down. He goes, no, man, screw this guy. He sucks. And I was like, why wow. is he? I had to turn off the game and walk around my neighborhood for like an hour thinking, wow, maybe I'm not cut out for that. Like, it was really early on in the day. Yeah, that would. Wow. You know, it made me really depressed. Like, for like a week, I was like, wow, oh, man. I suck. Yeah, you know, it's just people that take the opportunity to because they're having a bad day, whatever, you know, just to right. do that, yeah, and bring you down for no reason. Did you circle back and find that guy after you got the part? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Ah, fuck you, Connor. Yeah, yeah, right. I wish. I That's wish. So great. <laughs> I'm sure you saw it. Yeah. So okay, so you're starting to, you know, you said in 2015 is when you kind of blew up with the TED video, and mm -hmm. then when you're entering in these games uh, yep. on on YouTube. And and people now know you. Yeah. So what 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 is that 
like like if a game is about to start and you see the list of you know seven or eight names on mm-hmm. your team and then people on your team and the other team start to go holy shit it's him like is yeah. that is that into- is that intoxicating at the beginning for sure like i was just so i was like oh my god oh my god this is so cool like i would make <laughs> compilations on youtube you can find them back in the day when i was like i'm getting like the video title was like i'm getting noticed now and i just made a right. whole compilation i put subtitles on it um that's cool you know now it's obviously i think that's like pretentious for me to go oh my god I'm not. it's just more like i have to change my gamer tag now um because i can't even play without someone going oh you're hazards or there'll even be moments where i'll be doing voices and people will like they've seen me in the past on facebook unilat or something they'll go yeah he's doing a youtube video hey man you're good but i'm trying to play like people will know it's me and be, yeah oh. you're cool i've seen your video when i was 13 but but they don't want to be <laughs> yeah. in your video. And I, I respect it. Do you ever fall out of love with the game? Like in terms of like playing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mostly like, do you, are you just like, I've been in this virtual campaign or whatever for, you know, 12 years. It's yes. enough. 100%. <laughs> the one time I tried to play Call of Duty, it, again, this is generational. Well, first of all, I used to have a stand-up joke, which was true that my dad fought in World War II. And he was got a silver star medal on Guadalcanal, and I couldn't figure out how to beat Call of Duty on Xbox. So I had to call him and be like, "When the Germans are in the bunker, do you hit X or what?" Um, like the the motion of it made me so instantly sick that I was like spitting into a trash can. I was like, "This is disgusting!" And so I, I just like I can't imagine playing for more than an hour, and you've played for oh so God. much of your life. Like, do you ever feel like you want them to? ask you what the game should be yeah i've never gotten physically like tired of them i've gotten more like um burnt out in the sense of so they they, they alternate every year they drop a new call of duty every year one year yeah World War two one year's modern warfare one year right. you can run on Different walls and it's makers, futuristic yeah yeah so there's some clunkers for sure but you got to stick with the zeitgeist in terms of views and everything right so yeah there'll be times where i'm like oh i just get on the game and i, I won't even play my pastime and a lot of these um like multiplayer games i'm more of a single player guy but um Usually when I'm playing multiplayer, it's just for my channel at this point. You know, it's just oh. to get the reactions. Is there a yeah. concierge thing where people want to pay to play with you ever? Um, I'm sure there's a possibility wow. that that exists somewhere. Like, like wow. that feels cameo. like a cameo type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh-huh. That's a go, great idea. Wow. You know, I'll pay a hundred bucks. I wouldn't charge to... them. <laughs> yeah. You could, though. You yeah, should. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Monetize the a lot of these kids of are probably better than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely is right. <laughs> it's so funny, like, because I loved Call of Duty, like when it first came out, because you know we're we're old. And but be- <laughs> before that, I I used to play a game that didn't have the multiplayer online part of it. But I used to play a game called Medal of Honor. Oh yeah, it was oh, yeah. also like really fun World War II game. And mm-hmm. so then when Call of Duty, it felt like a, a huge jump in graphics and, yeah. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And it was very fun for a time. And then everybody figured out the spawn points. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you would spawn and be dead. Spawn yeah. and be dead. Yeah. Spawn, spawn and die, spawn dead. and die. Spawn that was die. killing me. So you you were you've been talking, you talked a little bit before we came on about how you have, because of your setup and your recording, there's mm-hmm. a lag. There's when I record, a lag yeah. in your play, mm-hmm. that's got to be incredibly frustrating. Like, yeah, so that I just use it, you know, as a as an actor, I just use that to the <laughs> state of like, oh, Cleveland can't play the game. He's some older guy. Like, he's gonna suck. Um, so I'm like, <laughs> right. if I die, I'm like, that's not me or Reef. It's Cleveland sucking, or it's uh, Joe Pesci who can't play, or Obama. He wouldn't know how to play Call of Duty. So I right. use it to that. You know, right? Has anyone ever contacted you? Like, I mean, in a legal sense, an attorney or like, you can't do that voice, or you can't 
say that on here. They or is it just like they they don't even know what's going on, and and it's yeah. all good for the game in a sense that everyone and it's good for the show you're impersonating that people care about it. Right, right, yeah. I, I figured since it was under parody, it was okay. But there was one time years ago that some guy was like, "We should do a soundboard app on um, the App Store." Um, and I was like, "Okay," and I was like, you know, nineteen, and it was like my my Italian mobster voice, Obama's voice, Ted in Cleveland, and then. I remember Fox actually at the time flagged the app because they thought the Cleveland lines were actual from the show or something like that. And they were, oh. they had to go through a whole legal. I was like, Oh wow. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That was some guy and he ended up scamming me and everything, but yeah, that was a, that was a fun. Oh, that's so interesting. Now, can you give us a little take? Like, I would love to hear what it might sound like if uh, Obama strung the few kills together to call in an airstrike. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right um let's see uh it's been a long time since so all right uh, we have nine kills uh, let's call on the veto strike on the spetsnaz yeah, there you go <laughs> ah, that's so great god i mean we we miss obama do you miss him yeah okay. yes yeah. every day yeah, yeah. he is the yeah. shit god he was so great I mean, yeah. that that must have been, you must have had so many opportunities to do the Cleveland no, 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 when you were getting okay. killed. Oh, yeah, I did all the time. All the time. That would make everyone laugh. So, yeah, that was it. <laughs> all right. So let's, let's, let's creep up into slightly more modern times here. So now you've been doing this, you know, you've exploded on YouTube. You're yeah. doing uh, Cleveland, Obama, you know, this Joe Pesci voice, et cetera. Mm-hmm. What was your first contact about potentially you could be the next Cleveland Brown when how did that happen for you yeah so obviously um you know the moment uh Mike stepped down on Twitter I'm getting flooded oh my god this is your shot instantly I thought there's no um they're probably (laughs) gonna write him out of the show like that's you know uh, there's no way that you know no one's gonna be able to do Cleveland's kids Mike I just instantly thought that I was like even myself no one's gonna there's nuances there's stuff there there's a there's a character there that I watched Cleveland show a lot. I'm like, I can't imagine anyone impersonating him that way. Right. right. And they're like, you can just try it. Just try it. It's like, don't, don't sell yourself short. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to make a TikTok. And that's when I just did like a, you know, a cap. I was like, oh, you know, junior, who is going to do the voice? Whatever. And I put myself in it. And, um, you know, and uh, it got like 2 million views on TikTok. I was like, it's really cool. My fans were so nice. They made like a 17,000 signature petition for me. I was wow. like, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like, my, I was telling my mom every day, I was like, this is probably not going to happen. She goes, stop saying it's not going to happen. But um, I just, uh, I was like, okay, well, whatever happens, happens. This is really cool. I'm like, I'm not signed. I'm not, I don't have an agent. I'm just a YouTuber. There's like a stigma against YouTubers, this and that. And I'll never forget, I was recording music one day. I was in the studio with my my engineer and I'm just in the, you know, have my headset on and everything and I get an email. This is probably about, yeah, a couple of weeks after everything is going with the TikTok and the petition and all that. Right. And it, I saw an email, I'm recording, I'm getting ready to go, ah, and then I see, it says Fox, and it goes, hey, Arif, say, uh, you know, uh, we have been, and I was like, what? I just saw like the little preview, and I'm like, all right, and my engineer's like, what's going on, man? I'm like, one, one second, and I press it, and I'm like, and then I'm like, I'm, I'm scramming to look for the, uh, to see if it's a scam on the bottom, like some right. like, like the name, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 and I'm like, okay, this can't be real, oh, and it's like, you know, you know, we're looking for New Cleveland, this and that. We would love for you to audition. And I'm like, okay. One of my fans made like a very, uh, you know. <laughs> Legit. And I see the, yeah, I see the signature on the bottom. I'm like, okay, it says Fox 20th, 20th Century, Fox Disney. And I'm like, okay, whoa. 
And I told my engineer, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, dude, I just got an email about potentially auditioning for Cleveland. And he goes, no shit. And I hear him in the earphone, no shit. No, he comes in the studio, <laughs> we're both in the mic, and he's like, yeah. And we're just yelling. And I'm like, oh my God. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't record today. I drove like an hour to Pasadena to record and everything. I was like, I got to go home. He goes, that's fine, man. Go, go, go. Wow. I call my mom. I'm in the car. I'm like, mom, I got the email. She's like, no way. What? What? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> And instantly, oh. you know, it was Christina and Jackie. And I'm like, uh, like, would you like to audition? I'm like, oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, but wow. that was that whole process, man. I was like, oh, my God. And uh, so the first round of auditions, it was like uh, I was freaking out because I saw the script. And I was like, OK, do they want modern Cleveland? Because, you know, Mike's <laughs> coming to the character more. He's more animated. He's more loud. He's more, you know, after the Cleveland show, he's had a lot of development. Or do they want the more season one drawn out, you know, slower talking Cleveland? What do I do? Right. And then luckily the script had, it was like an older episode. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to voice match his lines from that episode. And then also to be cool, to set myself apart, do the Cleveland show version of Cleveland too. And I think Ooh. that's what they were like. I think that's what kind of helped me, you know? Um, yeah. And so the, the auditions forward, I just did the modern, you know, modern. That's yeah. so amazing. And were you aware along the way? Uh, I mean, you must've known clearly there would be others auditioning for this. Did you ever yeah. hear about, who, that who was, they were, or, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. kind of like who you were, you were kind of auditioning with for that part. Um, I had some like friends in the industry, like very few, but that said, they they got the audition as well. Um, yeah. And I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, cool. And it was like a friendly competition. Um, he was like, you should get it, but I'm gonna, you know, man, it's a, it's you know, I'm gonna do my best too. I was like, oh, of course, of course, yeah. Wow. So yeah, that was mostly that. Yeah, that's good that it was a friendly competition. That's nice yeah. to hear. Yeah. Doesn't often happen in Hollywood. <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> From our side. I remember, um, so we have a very talented director at Family Guy named Greg Colton, um, mm -hmm. who, you know, he's he's one of our best directors. He's been there forever. And he was the one who brought you to our attention. I remember when, you know, the whole Cleveland thing was going down. And I think there was some internal conversation, like you had said, like, does this character even continue? Like, I yeah. mean, do, mm -hmm. is it because Mike's stepping down? Do we just kind of leave the character behind? What do we do? Right. And I think when Greg Colton sent us, I believe it was that maybe the TikTok um, mm -hmm. that, that you had made and we watched it and we're just blown away. And, <laughs> and I think it was from that moment where we all stopped thinking about like, should this character continue or not? And it was more like, oh, this guy is great. Like we need to get everyone as excited about this guy as we are. So when you start auditioning and you're auditioning against other people and you're doing your mm -hmm. stuff with the, the, you know, the newer Cleveland, the older Cleveland, right. how many times does that happen? Like how many times did you have to audition uh, until you got the part. I think it was three to four times over the span of like, and after each audition, you know, um, it would take like, you know, I don't, I can't remember. I'm, I'm thinking like at least one to two, three weeks of like, you know, Jackie or Christine would be like, I know it's, this is just how it works. Like, don't feel we're, we're, you know, you're, we're going to keep in touch. If you don't respond, just don't freak out. So in yep. those moments, obviously every single day, I'm like, I didn't get it. I didn't get yeah, it. I knew course, it, you yeah. know? And I was like, you know what, mom, I was, my mom was, you know, we're talking every day. I was like, at least I auditioned for Family Guy. That's the coolest thing I could have ever done. Like at that, yeah. I was like, oh. after each audition, I was like, you know what? I can just say I auditioned for Family Guy. That's that's it. Like I don't really. Yeah. I'm thankful that I even had that opportunity. So every single yeah. day that that happened, it was more like that. Yeah. When I recorded you with with Jackie, in the other booth, and you were, you know, sort of 
Oh, that's like the final life. audition, right? That was the final mm -hmm. one. I remember it was so exciting. It was like a big secret. You know, we couldn't tell anybody else on the show that it was happening. It was right. after hours. And um, it just felt very exciting and like this is going to happen and everybody wanted this for you it like everyone was behind you getting this role yeah. and um that it's very nice to know that you know it's still in hollywood in this industry that there are groups of people that are willing to get behind somebody and want them to win and uh, oh, i'm so yeah. glad you did <laughs> oh, thank you so much we all were. And it was, you're right, JC. I mean, it was such a great and rare kind of Hollywood story oh, yeah. of, you know, uh, coming from uh, what, what seemingly obscurity, even though you had millions of fans, but right. it was YouTube and sort of Hollywood looks at YouTube like, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a step cousin or something. Mm -hmm. And so you come out of there and you go through these three or four auditions. Tell us about the moment when you got the offer. Yeah. So <laughs> I remember um I think Rich called me. Yeah. And I think I don't I don't I think I don't know why my phone just didn't show. I mean, yeah, this is like it just said like a random number. And I just sent it to voicemail because I get a lot of scam and like uh telemarketers and everything. Sure. And I'm just going about my day and I just press the voicemail and I'm like, okay, what is this? Like another free cruise to Croatia or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, hey Reef, we uh I was like, oh, oh my god. It was like, hey, it's Rich and Alec here. And I was like, oh my god, we want to talk to you. We have some, whatever. I was like, oh my, oh, and I was like, almost dropped my phone. And that's when I got on Zoom with you guys. Yeah. And that's when you broke the news. And I, I just remember that like, with that being said, we want to offer you the part of Cleveland. And I was just like, thank you. Thank you. Guys. <laughs> thank you. And the second I was like, all right, guys, bye. Bye. I screamed. I got up and was like, ah! like, I screamed so loud. And uh, I was like, oh my God. And my roommates were like, are you okay? I'm like, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, shut up. <laughs> and I call my mom, I was like, mom, mom, guess what? She goes, what? I was like, I got it. And I hear she goes, what? And I hear she like, she's like in the parking lot. She almost has a heart attack. I'm like, mom, calm down. It's okay. <laughs> and she's like, oh, and she starts bawling, crying. She goes, I know it. And yeah. And I tell my roommates, and I'm like, I'm under NDA. I'm not supposed to tell you this, but I got this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, God. I just didn't, it didn't feel real, especially in the pandemonium of the pandemic and everything and how crazy the world was. I was like, is yeah. this even happening right now? That's a good point. Um, I, I yeah. find it so interesting that, so you had this internet fame mm -hmm. and then you like had this huge break in, in mainstream media and cultural like Cleveland. Right. But it's like, there are so many people on TV and all they want now is this internet fame. Like they're chasing mm -hmm. what yeah, you had yeah. and you're <laughs> chasing what they had. And ultimately like, which do you think is a, has more of an impact, like resonates more with people because I, you know, we all think like TV is just going away and, mm -hmm. but you know, obviously it was super formative for you to get this role. So I'm just curious yeah. as someone who's gone both ways, like what, what is more impactful in your view? I think they're blending in a way. And I think since you have something like Family Guy that's been around for so long and it's been a part of so many people's lives that it's like, that's the, a rarity, you know, Simpsons Family Guy, um, you know, all these big shows that millions of people know, millions of people love. And now is a situation where everything's so oversaturated. It's like, what's going to be, what's going to really stick? And that's why I feel like a lot of people are going towards the internet vibe because they want to, they understand that that's a very, it's a big way to make a lot of money as well, but also... Um, you can, there's no bars that like you can do whatever you want. You can do your own podcast. You can do your own show. You can do your own, you know, skit show. 
make a Twitch channel. Like you have rappers that are making more money off Twitch than they would off their music I've seen. Crazy. Yeah. So I think it's just like, it's blending, right? Like I, I can attest to saying Family Guy because you can go to YouTube right now and four hours ago, someone will post Family Guy Funny Moments episode 198 of 10 minutes of cutaways that gets 2 million views in like two hours, right? So it's like that type of, it's still, it's like connecting, you know, in its own way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we almost stumbled Family Guy on, <laughs> like by luck, there's so many discreet jokes in the show that you could just go, here's like eight funny seconds, yeah. here's nine funny seconds, here's it's 12. Perfect. That it, yeah. it stumbled luckily into what people are consuming. It right, feels like short that, attention spans. You know, as opposed to, you know, Everybody Loves Raymond or something where you go, watch <laughs> this epic scene from Everybody Loves Raymond that's four <laughs> yes. and a half minutes long, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you got a lot of these kids, or not even just kids, but a lot of people from TikTok, a lot of people's attentions are a little fried from like long form content unless it's like avatar or something or star wars but the cutaways are genius or perfect for that because people don't want to really they want to just skip to the best part of a video right yeah With the cutaway it's in your face it's instant yeah so moments like that that's like that's a perfect example of television and the internet blending seamlessly together and until totally more mediums find that you know what i mean well i've been i know you'd be on board with this but i've been pushing now for over a year with uh, some of the executives over at, um, at at Disney that we should have, you know, when you watch Family Guy on Hulu, mm -hmm. as many people do, there should be also an option below it to watch a reaction video mm. of of the show. Like it, it's it's a, yeah. an incredibly easy content multiplier, very right. cheap. You know, suddenly you have three or four sets of reactors watching. Mm -hmm. to, and, and I feel like that goes to what you're saying, like in terms of here's, you know, traditional old TV, but here's what people are doing now, which is yeah. like we love as as we were asking about earlier, people love to watch people play video games. People also like to watch people react to Family Guy or to music yeah. or to movies. And I think that'd be just an, uh, a no brainer going yeah. forward. Um, but yeah, but now let's we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, talk for a little bit about the great Mike Henry, of course, who is one of the most talented uh, voice artists of all time. And yes. he, you know, he does so many voices for us still uh, on mm -hmm. Family Guy as, you know, Herbert and Consuela and just all kinds of characters for us. But he did Cleveland forever. And, American and he made this decision, uh, you know, in that moment that that people of color should voice characters of color. So he's stepping down right. from Cleveland, which gave you this great opportunity. Now talk for a little bit about your interactions with Mike as you started to take on this, to carry the mantle of Cleveland Brown yeah. forward. So initially, obviously, I think with anything, most people would be kind of like uh, nervous or I was like, I don't sure. want to ruin this. I don't want to ruin his legacy. I don't want to ruin his character. Yeah. Yeah. I know it was his choice to step down, but at the end of the day, if, I don't deliver then you he, he, even if you won't tell me um he'll feel like oh man and i was just every day racking my brain like all right Arif, i gotta i gotta and i thought my cleveland was pretty good before but i know it was my duty to hone it in more now um i feel like even in the earlier season that i was on and you know the years before that my cleveland was very higher pitched and i was like oh, what do i do to i mean like mike has like a lower gravelly voice and i was working on more i was talking like this and i was like that's too kevin hart you know i was like a <laughs> what about right. you know i started to realize okay and i wanted to hone in on that and remember the first time mike uh we talked it was a facetime probably i forget it was like a, either a month into me getting the job it was still under nda and everything and i was like nervous that day to talk to him 
yeah. um, especially being a fan of him for so long and um, what a big choice he made. And, um, you know, I'm, you know, carrying on the legacy of his character, casting the torch. And that FaceTime lasted, I think, for like an hour or two. And it was just great. And I was like, well, oh, my God, like he was it was I, I was just so nervous that whole day. And I told my mom, she was like, see, you had no reason to be nervous. <laughs> and he's such a cool guy. And uh, even moving forward, I'm really excited to when we converse. I'm going to be on his podcast tomorrow, actually. It's going to be really fun. Oh, yeah. oh nice. Yeah, cool. um, just converse and know more about Cleveland as a character. Um, just like ask him like how Cleveland thinks more and like little nuances I can work more. And um, he's just after just the, the few times that I've met with him, hung out with him, talked to him, I know 100% that he's going to help me with that, you know? So yeah. Yeah. So all that to say is I was very nervous at first, but ended up being great. Yeah, he's been, I, I think, even just as an outside observer, he's been such a great and classy, like, support system for you. And he oh, always yeah. is there. To, I mean, I even noticed the littlest things, like, when we all get together on Zoom to do our table reads, I always notice that he goes out of his way to to say hello to you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, every yeah. time, which seems like a small thing, but, like, mm -hmm. not, you know, there there's a sea of, like, 20, 30 faces right. on there, but yeah. he always kind of goes out of his way to say like hey Arif, how's it going yeah. and i think that just sort of speaks to as you said he made a very tough decision and one that he did not have to make like this yeah. was kind of on his own and i i think it's it's just it's been great to watch both of you go through this process and i think you know it, it has elevated both of your statures by like mm -hmm. the, this whole this whole thing that's happened but i think that's it's interesting that you mentioned it's well said at first your Cleveland voice was a little higher. And I and mm -hmm. I think that's just a natural thing. As we pointed out at the beginning of this interview, you're the mm -hmm. youngest guest we've ever had. Yeah. You're not yeah. yet 30. <laughs> and Mike is in his 50s. And mm -hmm. naturally, your voice gets lower as you right, get right. older. So what kind of things did you do to your voice to help you kind of remember or stay low? Right. Yeah. So every time I record, I just watch Cleveland show episodes. I try to voice match Mike more. And um like I said, there were things that I didn't even, since I was just like autopilot doing it on Call of Duty years ago, I never really, it was good enough on the game that people liked it, right? right. And I was like, okay, if yeah. I'm on the actual show, if I'm on this Hollywood mic, if I'm on Carrying Mike's Legacy, what can I do to elevate it even more? And that's when I realized, because I would have to come in sometimes and re-record because it was too high-pitched. And I was like, wait a minute, I am. And I watch my older videos now, I'm like, wow, it's so high-pitched. And like I said, I would just watch episodes and I would actually try to impersonate Mike Henry a little bit and then use that and then turn it into Cleveland's voice. It was like a little right. technique. I haven't oh. done it a lot, but there are moments where I would try to just talk like Mike, not perfectly, but use his gravel in his voice, use his uh, pitch in his voice and just turn it into Cleveland's voice. And that's one technique I would use to try to like master it a little bit more. Wow. Well, you're so good at it. I mean, you, you as much as you blew us away when we didn't even know you, you know, when we first saw these videos of you doing it and we were just like, this is the guy, like, this yeah. is awesome. Like as great as you were then, you've gotten exponentially better, which I think is, <laughs> you know, that's a that's a compliment to you because I think a, a lot of the times you think of, oh, this younger generation and they're resting on their laurels and this guy just got this job and he's not going to really do much to to kind of tend this garden. But you, you have mm -hmm. done the work, as people say. So <laughs> we we appreciate that immensely. And 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 we also appreciate you've been very generous with your with your time today. But, but before you go. I just wanted to talk a little bit about your music, which is so cool. And like, you know, you, you make these albums kind of yourself and release mm -hmm. them yourself. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about 
how you got into music, what kind of style, you, you know, you sort of see yourself fitting into and, and how mm -hmm. these these albums have done for you. Yeah. So <clears throat> started when my heart was broken in 2018. Oh, yes. <laughs> Initially, though, I uh, I always play sing throughout my life um, in high school, middle school. Girls would be like, oh, my God, you can sing. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, but <laughs> it, ever since I was like, I just always had this like stardom thing I wanted to do. Like I wanted to just get my mom a house in a car. That was my dream. Right. So Jim Carrey, Martin Lawrence, Eddie Murphy. I was like, I want to be like them. But I also I would like envision myself in middle school like singing in front of all the girls in school and like making them fall in love like and sync videos having all the <laughs> yes. girls fall in love with me i was like how am i ever gonna do that they're already calling you magic boy um so that was that and i never took it really serious but like some i i did like chorus in fifth grade and sometimes like i said in high school girls say i can sing a little bit i would just like be humming in the corner but I wasn't until, yeah, on my channel in like 2018, I was like, let me try singing because I, I kind of wanted to do that on my channel, but what's a way to do it? Hmm. Let me do it as a voice. So the whole thing was like, I would play these cholo characters on Fortnite. That was the first <laughs> time I ever sang. And I was like, I'm going to sing as the cholo, but I'm going to sing in my real voice. But if people say it's bad, I'll say, that's not me. That's the character singing. That's <laughs> right. So that was like another fail safe I used, right? And yeah, I tried it. Great. Everyone in the comments, I uploaded it. I was like, all right, let's see how it does. And everyone in the comments was like, yo, whoa, Azure's can sing, bro. What the hey? This is me. I was like, all right, this is a new series. I'm gonna try. I do it again um, as myself now. And yeah. that video, I think that's my second most viewed video after the Ted one. Um oh, wow. 20 million views are that like since yeah, 20 million views. I uploaded that five years ago. But wow, that did really good. I did like four or five Fortnite singing videos, and those all did good. I shared my song, like my first single ever, August, on there. And then that blew up and that has like 16 million streams now but yeah so now i was like all right let me just make this uh at the time i was having more fun doing that than acting you know and even then like i was like i want to be able to go to i fell in love with live music i went to coachella like i go to concerts all the time and i love the connection as an actor you get that connection in a way you, you walk the red carpet or someone sees you in a coffee shop right um right you're trying to just enjoy your life um that's for any type of uh visual entertainer obviously but with that concert vibe, you can see your audience and have an energy connection with them. I was like, you know what? One day I want to do that really bad. How can I yeah. do that? Um, and that's where the music started happening. Um, so I have a bunch of music that I haven't released in the past three, four, five years because I'm, I'm going to release an EP next year. That's great. But yeah, I, I really want to use that as a way to bridge into live music, just uh, going on tour and everything. Performing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. That's, that's so, cool. so awesome. That's so cool. And I think it's great that I, I feel like this is the modern way. It's like you've taken the record labels out of it. It's like, I'm mm -hmm. doing this. Yeah. I will put it out. People will, will respond to it. Exactly. That is so cool. It's so funny that the last stage of everything is now live performing, whereas like, yeah. I just watched the Little Richard documentary last night, and it's like the way used to be like a million small live performances, right. and then they put you on a screen. I mean, yes. I think that's like remarkable. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's so cool. Reef, your story is so awesome. You're yeah. such a good guy. It's like always great yes. talking to you. You seem like such a, just like a real sweetheart, and you're so good at what you do. So thank you for being a part of Family Guy, thank you for being a part of this show and, and thank being you. here today. Thank yeah, you thank for you everything. So much. Thank you, guys. This is amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Arif. Oh, God. Arif is, he. you know what? It's like, I, I may sound old saying this, but 
but he seems like such a nice boy. Yeah, he really I just, does. <laughs> I like him so much. He's such a sweetheart. It was so great talking to him, and he's so talented. You were talking about earlier um, reaction videos. Yeah. You should do a reaction video to the Brian Atteen audition. You guys should do a reaction video. I know. Well, the problem is the great thing about reaction videos is you want it to be people seeing something for the first time. First time. time. Oh, I see. So, I I mean, we could show it to you. Have you seen it? Maybe the very beginning, but I remember some of it. So it wouldn't be the first. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to get maybe Stu. We can get Mm -hmm. him involved with this. This would be a cool way to do it. (laughs) And we'll record it for you. We'll work that out down the road. But now let's get to a portion of the show that we like to call Top 5. Top five. God, we sound good. Okay, <laughs> this was my category, surprise, surprise, from Eeyore. Top five depressing songs. <laughs> depressing songs. All right, here we go. There, there were obviously a ton to choose from. These were my five in particular. Number five for me is a song by Simply Red called Holding Back the oh. Years. Oh, that's a great song. Oh, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. one gets that... As the kids say, oh, that's a mood. I mean, I guess these are all a mood. I hate when people say that. All right. Number four. Feels kind of similar. Here Comes the Rain Again by the Eurythmics. Oh, that's a great song. It's a great song. It's dark. It's depressing. And Goldie will remember from my, or maybe not, probably wouldn't care from my early days of stand-up this was a real thing that happened i was watching a yankees game when i was unemployed on tv and the yankees announcer said right before the game kind of one of those annie lennox days here at the stadium here comes the rain again oh my god i don't know why i always found that hilarious (laughs) what was the bit that like there was zero crossover with the yankees fans and people who would like that song exactly right yeah I don't remember any kind of punchline. It does line, seem but like that was a very it... Norm McDonald thing that, like, really the reaction to, to the Eurythmics when they came <laughs> they came out was, she's got a guy's haircut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that that just dominated <laughs> the music. It dominated everything. That was, like, the yeah. only sentiment that was expressed around the whole thing. <laughs> yep. Totally right. Great song, though. Um, number three, most depressing songs. A song by, and by the way, this this whole list could have been Pink Floyd, but this was the one Pink Floyd song I used called Mother. It's Aww. off of the wall. Oh boy, that one gets deep in a hurry. Oh. You better be in the right mood. Uh, number two, and again, this whole list could have been Radiohead. By the way, why would the guy's mom know if they were going to drop the bomb? <laughs> well, but he says, <laughs> Was she plugged think? into the NSA? She's, she's, I don't know. <laughs> It's just her opinion. You saying, "Mother, do you think they'll drop the ball?" Yeah, not, not have you I signed mean, off on it. It's just some woman in a house somewhere. <laughs> she fucking bless, know. Bless you for riffing on the first line. I appreciate that. Um, number two is a song by Radiohead, which I think might be one of their best. It's called "Paranoid Android." Oh, it's love that song. Just, yes, it's an epic, depressing, great song. And number one, this was hard. To come up with the number one depressing song because there's so many, I ended up going with "No One Is to Blame" by Howard Jones. Oh, that is a very is sad just, song. Uh, you know what? It's a song about uh, interracial dating, and that I didn't makes know that. it even more sad when you listen to it. Oh, but wow. that's my list. They were fun to listen to. It's great. Yes. Um, Who's up next? I think it is I. No, is this me? Go ahead. I is me. Okay. Um, okay. So my number five is. A song maybe you guys have never heard of this, but it's by Rihanna, and it's called "Stay," 
It's a very sad oh. song. It's a beautiful, sad song, and I love it. Oh. Um, number four is a song by Brada Is, or um, is it Hawaiian artist? I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's like Israel Kamakawiwaole, or something like that. So he does a cover of Somewhere Over the Rainbow into oh. What a Wonderful World. Yeah. It's so beautiful, and it's very sad and beautiful. And he died, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that makes did. it even more sad. I'm, 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 I'm amping your sadness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number three. By Radiohead. Fake plastic trees. That was uh, yeah. I considered that one's great one. Yes. Great. I have two Radiohead songs on here. Love it. Number two. High and dry. Great. From the Benz. They're right next to each other in that I album. know, and I love them back to back. Yep. And my number one is Hurt, the Johnny Cash version of the Nine Inch Nails song. Excellent Okay. I took a little bit of a different tact with this because the things that depress me, I, I didn't do it as actual depression but just that like when i start to hear the song i get kind of bummed out yes sure. so number five is mr wendell <laughs> oh my god I, like i just hate that i'm getting this condescending lecture on this guy that you and i think is a bum that you and it's like i like i was just sitting here I didn't ask. Now you're just like lecturing me about Mr. Wendell and uh, like, and that you have this opinion that it's, life's so great for him. It's like, no, it's terrible. <laughs> like, so the whole thing just upsets me. That might be the song I've heard the most while wearing red jeans. It was a very, it was a very '90s thing to have red jeans. Totally. And, and number four, it's possible that our, today's guest was conceived as Mr. Wendell was playing in the background. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Number four, because it's kind of the same song, Spoon Man. Yeah. I don't know that song. What Where it's it? like, stop telling me about these dudes you're running into <laughs> who, you know, have horrible lives, who you're just kind of lecturing me that, like, no, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> Number three, Biggie Small's Suicidal Thoughts. Very, Ooh. very blank. I actually don't. I can't say I know that one. Number two, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's Maps. Oh my god, oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. But yeah, that was yes. one of the songs on Rock Band. <laughs> yeah, it's also they did a great <laughs> one song episode, our one of our favorite podcasts on on maps. Oh really? Oh wait. Yeah. And number one, I gotta go with You Don't Bring Me Flowers. Oh, oh yeah. That's where it's yeah. like yes. you're kinda going like, yeah, you again, as I always say, you went on, you know, you had twenty good dinners ten years ago and <laughs> like it it dried up. Sad. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, that is a sad song, but it's been forever changed for me because Seth and Alex Borstein perform that song as Peter and Lois in the Family Guy live shows. And of course, Alex Borstein always goes <laughs> off script and, and Seth will sing like, you don't bring me flowers. And Alex Borstein says like, you don't lick my pussy. <laughs> oh my God. It, sort of, it sort of changed it for me. Um, that's a great list. All right, Goldie, what do, what do we have next week? Next week, the top five people you'd gladly trade lives with. Love it. Anyone who can take their shirt off while being comfortable. <laughs> there you go. Uh -huh. That might be uh -huh. that might be one. Yeah. That's great. Okay. I love that.
That's a great, great, great list and a good antidote for today's depression. Okay, now <laughs> it's time to close the show as we always do on a high note. <laughs> All right, you two go first today. Okay. okay, I'll go first. You go. There you go. So, you know, I've gone over on this show how I don't really have NFL fandom anymore. I just kind of follow football, but I don't. But I realize I am a fan of something. Ooh. I'm a fan of the Jets being bad <laughs> <laughs> and the unique ways they find to be bad and how every season unfolds as a different disaster. And how. Yes. <laughs> And this year's has been so gratifying to go from the new quarterback who I don't like at all running out on 9-11 with the flag, instantly being carted off with a torn Achilles after having been on Hard Knocks, which I enjoyed. They've established that every week they're going to have a giant photo wall of what happens in the game. They have this quarterback they've drafted number two who has gone from almost redeemable to getting thrown out of, of the lineup numerous times, and the whole city is pissed, and they have no choice but to run it back with the same people next year. Yeah, I love it's it. It's fantastic. You're so right. You're so right. What a great high note. Awesome. That's funny. Um, my high note is um, we had the Family Guy American Dad holiday party this weekend and I almost didn't go and I just sort of barreled through my parking anxiety and uh and went and it was a really nice time and I had some quality conversations with people which was nice and it was nice to get out it was nice seeing you there yeah that's a good good high note my high note was almost skipping it yeah (laughs) I know I I can I can see how both things would be true by the way (laughs) All right, so my high note and JC have the have a Danny Smith uh, button ready here to go. My high note this week is Seth. Seth, <laughs> that's right. So Seth McFarlane, obviously our our Lord and Savior over at Family Guy, he has been out not involved with the writing process of the show for for many years, and and that's. That's great. He lets us kind of do what we do and he has faith in us and uh, he does his excellent voices and we've maintained a great uh, relationship that way. Out of the blue, uh, last night, he starts texting me. He says, I want to do a B story with uh, Brian and Stewie where Stewie gets very into making memes and Brian doesn't understand them and Stewie has to sweatily explain each meme to Brian and he was sending me examples of memes. He was sending me voice memos as Stewie, like saying the lines, like in the space of 10 minutes, he did what it takes our family guy room, a a good two (laughs) days with many people to do. He had constructed this entire B story complete with examples and jokes in 10 minutes of, of texting and a couple of phone calls And it's always so awesome for all of us on this show, obviously, when Seth is engaged with Family Guy, it's just a great thing for all of us. Um, So I was very happy just to simply be a court stenographer, jotting (laughs) down all the shit that he was saying as fast as I could. 
Um, but that was, you know, it's one of the one of the very fun moments uh, of being a writer is is something like that. If you want to put my name on that script, that's cool. absolutely <laughs> <laughs> that's a promise I cannot keep. Anyway, that's a great high note. Those are great high notes. Great show with a reef. Thank you two for being awesome. Thank you. Thank you, friends, for listening each week. And we will talk to you again next week. That was fun. And it stops right now. You want to know something? Ask it.